Well, hey everybody, welcome to You Got a Friend of Me, a Randy Newman cod podcast, Codpast. Um, my, my my name is Tristan Miller, and with me as often is uh, Scott in Toronto. Hi, Scott. How are you? I you know I'm feeling great. I'm mm -hmm. happy to be back. The listeners may not know this, but uh, the recording time it's been it's been a while since we've done this. It has been a while. I don't even know what song that is, but I know that. I think it's called It's Been a While. Well, there you go. Actually, I am not, I don't think that's true. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now that I said that out loud, I I'm not confident. <laughs> At least you're humble enough to admit it. Yeah. Um, well, we're meeting on a, a breezy, warm, 60-degree weather, fucking beautiful day. Beautiful day. In here in New York. Beautiful day for a, a beautiful album. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this album is unique. <laughs> yes. Yes, let's say that. I love the cover on it, because Randy was talking about it. Well, should we say which album? We're oh, doing? yeah, well, I mean, you're assuming you're listening to it, you've read the title. But if you haven't, if you're like a blind person and someone's right. playing this for you, it's Born Again is the album we're right. discussing today. 1979. 1979, baby. A good year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a very good year. <laughs> The vintage. Uh, but um, the cover of it is him, is Randy Newman at a desk with like kiss makeup on. <laughs> and he says that's one of his biggest regrets as a, I was like, really not rednecks? But he's like, this is one of his <laughs> biggest regrets because there's no explanation for it. There. Oh, well, okay. Okay. I, on the one hand, I agree. It's very silly album cover. And I actually, this is one that like I bought on vinyl before hearing, and it was like when I was in college, and we had like the record guy would come to campus and sell stuff or whatever. And I knew I was like back in eighty three. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was just purchase. We were just hipsters, and oh, know, okay, okay. He knew he could make money off of us. Um, <laughs> and so I was like kind of getting into to Randy Newman, and I saw this album cover, and I was like, this looks so so weird. Yeah. Um, it, which is I think fitting because the album is weird. But so I take it as like. Is two things because this this album I think is pretty thematically uh, coherent. There's mm. a lot of stuff about like, you know, a very kind of '80s like r rich like, you know, yeah. finance douchebag kind of thing, <laughs> which is why he's like in this office, but he's also kind of dressed like a clown. And then the the kiss makeup like there are a few songs that are kind of like mocking that toxic masculinity of like rock and roll you know and like there's a song about elo and then like pants at the end which we'll talk about Ugh. um and i and and those things those two things kind of like intersect to this kind of like very masculine like rich guy like i don't know i i think i think it makes sense but i can understand why this album was like a flop because yeah. who would buy it's such a weird looking album cover. yeah for sure and like and that's really what he meant is like there was no context surrounding it right so people like a few people would buy it and they were like expecting something like kiss because they <laughs> didn't know what was going on and they had never heard of him before and it just was like a it tanked because there was no context surrounding him <laughs> and and very funny got like it's very good and very funny yeah it, what i will say is i don't know that i get the title born again it's not a name of a song and i don't really know like what it's mm. in this context well there's not like a lot of re religious themes which are present in a lot of his other albums 
but I think it refers to specifically with the title track of like I used to be you know he literally says I used to care about the black man and now I don't and now I'm born again into the you know (laughs) the births of capitalism right and I feel like that's kind of at least that's what it meant to me right yeah 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 but yeah it is like it has nothing to do with Christianity there's no like ribbing any churches really right um but I before we start recording I said I might hate this album yeah and I think what it was is I couldn't find the the through line and right. that bothered me but then you just said what it was and I was like okay that that actually makes sense to me yeah I from think your point of view. I think what's difficult about it is like musically and sonically it's his weirdest there's a lot of like <laughs> yeah. weird synth stuff going on in these kind of expansive songs and there are a lot of tracks in here that like really seem to come out of nowhere um so it is it is without a doubt his weirdest one i don't i don't think i would begrudge anyone you included if you say you hate this album <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't think we're gonna get any worse for me personally than 12 songs right right because that one just did not work for me that one i have not listened to again all the rest of them i have right um but i will say this is by far i think his funniest album yeah this is like very skewed this is almost like parody right it's not just like like short people is a very funny song but it's satire so it's like also can be just kind of taken sincerely if you wanted to if you're a moron (laughs) um (laughs) um so anyway the first track yes Great, great track. It's uh, it's money that I love. Ugh. This, so I was thinking about this earlier today. We've talked about about a lot of Randy songs that are from the perspective of characters who are bad or or not good people. Yeah. And very often though, those people don't really know that they're mm. bad right <laughs> even mm-hmm. even like rednecks he's like yeah we're racist but so are you like you're not better than <laughs> me right um i think this might be the first one where it's like oh no no no, i am the villain i know that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm a piece of shit <laughs> because i love money <laughs> <laughs> that's true because he also like because he has to know because some of the things he says like he's like money can't buy you love but it can get you a 16 year old girl and a bag of cocaine and it's just like oh (laughs) okay yeah that's a it's a great i just want to get it just Mm -hmm, verbatim mm -hmm. because i think it's so good they say that money can't buy love in this world but it'll get you a half pound of cocaine and a 16 year old girl and a great big long limousine on a hot september night and now that may not be love but it feels all right. <laughs> um, yeah, like he's just fully a villain. And like what you were uh, referring to earlier, he says like, used to worry about the poor. I don't worry about that anymore. Like used to worry about the black man. Nah, I don't really give a shit anymore. Used to worry about the starving children in India. Nah, you know, I just like money. Now, here's my favorite thing about that part is it goes... Because he, he's rhyming. He goes, I used to care about the poor. Now I don't care about that anymore. Right. I used to care about the black man. Now I don't care, I care about the black man. And then it goes, I used to care about the starving children in India. But now I don't care about the starving children in India. Because he's like swooshing syllables. And it's <laughs> right. very funny. And it like builds so well. And then the end of that is, now do you know what I say? I say, ooh, mama. It's <laughs> yeah. money that I love. And it's so good. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, it's, 
and and it sets up those themes like we were talking about. It's like this is like, um, it's so interesting because I because we weren't there, you know, uh, mm. in 1979. But I think of so this far. Like, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> um, you know. But I think of this caricature of this kind of person as such like an 80s mm-hmm. character. But you know how like time is a little fuzzy and i guess like i guess really this character started uh in the late 70s you know but i just think of it so much as like this sort of like reagan era like wolf Mm. of wall street kind of thing you know but i guess that you know it it takes time to build up to that so even in the 70s we have this guy i think it's also specifically from the perspective of a musician because coming out of the 60s and early 70s it was like you know peace and love peace and love a lot of like political activism for musicians and then all of these people were like mm, you know i want a lot of money actually right you know as as much as like paul mccartney seems like a decent dude he is like yeah. a billionaire or right. almost you know what i mean if the michael jackson estate would just give him his music back <laughs> right well it's a it's a good transition into the second song, oh yes which is uh the story of a rock and roll oh, band God. so this is some the character, just some guy, telling the story of the band ELO, but incorrectly. Now, I think it might be Randy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I might be like Randy is like trying to remember. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Again, we weren't there at the time, but like we live in a world now where like we all have like access to Wikipedia and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, if you want to know something about this like cool new band you heard, like you could probably find out about it on online very quickly. Oh, yeah. Whereas like, okay, if you heard this band ELO on the radio, like <laughs> you don't know shit about these guys. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, they're this band from Birmingham, uh, England. And I think one of them is named Bobby Joe or <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> just making shit just up. making shit up but it's great because musically like it sounds like an ELO song it does um but yeah he's talking about like johnny played the big uh played the little violin and bobby joe played the big violin the one that stands on the floor the cello yeah um, yeah yeah but like there's no johnny nor bobby joe in the band ELO. <laughs> now the question is does he say birmingham england because he just says there was, I guess they have five English lads. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I, I feel like a funnier mistake now, not to like try to fix right. a song, uh, would be if the guy thought it was from Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> right. I think he may, he sort of pronounces it more like you would pronounce Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, well, but that makes sense. <laughs> if you could bleed this in with Birmingham, that right. would be fun. Right. Um, I think another funny part about this is the the last verse where he starts listing songs and he says i love their oh, yeah. i love their mr blue skies yes which the song is mr blue sky but I know. but the pluralization of it is very funny um, <laughs> mr's blue sky <laughs> like <laughs> like inspectors general yeah um yeah this is the uh, only really funny wonderful. thing that my ex ever said was the plural of applebee's is apples be yeah no, I think the internal pluralization is uh, so funny every time. It's very good. Yeah. It's very rare. I found recently the um, adding, like, m- mixing up a, an acronym, like, I'll I'll do that ASAP as possible, is the, I can't remember what comedian said it, but someone else suggested SMH my head, and I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. That's very funny. That is good. 
Anyway, I I enjoy it because it's you know got a groovy beat. It's very fun. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> also Mr. Blue Skies is very funny. Um, and and knowing a little bit about ELO, ELO Orchestra. Right. <laughs> um, I I enjoyed it as well because I used to li- my parents would listen a lot to that and that I very much enjoyed. I don't know. It's a weird one. That dun 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 is also very good. That he yeah, has. I mean, it really nails the yellow style. Um, really great. A plus. So, the next song, "Pretty Boy." Yes. Oh boy. I just feel troubled by. It. Okay, that I I don't disagree. Um, it's slow and haunting. Yes. And. You know, I guess it's like... Is it because there's an Italian slur in it? Well, there is an Italian slur. Yeah, is that why you're upset? In Durante? Yeah. Um, So it's it's some sort of altercation about toxic masculinity going on here. Um, But yeah, one of the the characters, and because I'm Italian, I'll say it. it. (laughs) Because I'm Irish-American, I'll say it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The character says, and he looks just like that dance and wop in the movies that we've seen. Now, I... Assume he's talking about Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse is not Italian, though. I yes, he's not Italian. But um, but he wouldn't know that. What I think it was, it, see where my mind went is, oh, he means West Side Story, and he's getting it wrong. <laughs> because it could he, be that too. Because yeah. like the the <laughs> because this guy is trying to pick a fight, and he's like, okay, you look like oh right you know, right right, but da 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 like fucking <laughs> idiot. Um, but where, where, who's an Italian guy that dances? That's why, that's why I was thinking that maybe it has to be Bob Fosse. Um, because um, Fosse Fred sound, Astaire is no, French. He's just some white guy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you heard it here. There's Italians and whites. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, it's like an ethnic white I man. know, I know. Um. A pure blood. I get it. <laughs> um. But but yeah, I don't know. I just find like I get that it's it's uh, it's satirical in a sense. It's like this, you know, poking fun of the way these like tough guys on the streets talk, you know, and intimidate each other. But it just it just makes me feel uncomfortable because it's oh, so yeah. slow and it it doesn't really have like a lot of good punchlines. It's just like it's just delivered pretty straight. Mm-hmm. And so I know that he's making fun of it, but it also just makes me feel bad. Yeah, it does. It, it, yeah, it's because you have empathy for people and right. rare, I guess. But I will say one in that first verse, that first worst verse did make me laugh because number one, it's setting it up. It's like, OK, this is weird, Randy. And then, right. you know, you get the uh, dancing wop and I'm like, oh, OK. All right. right. And then. He's with his cute chicken shit boots on and his cute chicken shit hat and his cute chicken shit girlfriend riding on in back. Right. As if he's not even letting her, like, drive with him. And I think that's funny. But overall, not a, it's very, it's uncomfortable. It's a very right. uncomfortable song. Because yeah. it is so slow. It's very, it's, it, because it, it feels like the actual confrontation you'd be having. Right, right. Yeah, like, have you ever, I, I'm sure this is the case, you know, um, where, like, you find yourself in some sort of altercation with, like, a guy who's, like, trying to be tough. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I don't mean to, to denigrate you or speak on your behalf, but I wouldn't describe either of us as, like, the most, like, 
manly of people. I have a mustache right now. What the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? Um, And so sometimes, like, you know, you get into those situations where, like, someone's trying to, like, intimidate and, like, Mm -hmm. outmanly you, and you're like, whoa, like, I don't want, I, like, want to remove myself from this so quickly, you know? For sure. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, I've definitely been in that situation. When I was living in Brownsville, there was a guy that was following me and my roommate around, like, trying to start some shit. And he and I are both just, like, talking and, like, just, like, trying to not... We needed to lose him before we went back home because we didn't want to know where where we lived. And that was a very much, you know, uncomfortable situation. And and that reminded me of this. Um, However... I have a bad attitude when it comes to that sort of stuff, and it has gotten me in trouble because the guy will start like going, huh, huh, and I'll go, what are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm just, and I have a bad, it's like, yeah, okay. And, be, and I don't know if you know this guy, a lot of guys don't respond well to that. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've been in a couple of fights. You don't know wow. my whole life. Yeah. No, I had my I skateboard stolen when I was a teenager, <laughs> and I got into a fight. I was in one fight. In my life, and, it and was, your mom got scared. My, yeah, I was I was on the bus in like first grade, mm-hmm. and I was just being annoying, and this kid punched me. It wasn't even it wasn't a fight actually. No, you just got punched. I just got punched. <laughs> but we got it. But we both got in trouble for like having a fight. Oh sure. I this kid I like this younger kid this like twelve year old kid was like, can I borrow your skateboard? And then like I was like, and because I'm naive, right. you know, I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, you know, you're a kid. What are you gonna do? And then he ran off with it, and I, you know, run after him. And then all of a sudden, someone grabbed at the back of my shirt and tried to throw me to the ground face first. But they didn't know that one, I had taken a tumbling class because I'm an <laughs> actor, and two had also taken like, uh, like I martial arts. And so I did a roll, turned around, popped up, and this motherfucker's eyes were so big. And, like, I didn't throw down because I'm like, I don't want to get – because it was him and, like, five other guys. Right. Like, circling me, and then my friend Joe came up. And it got heated to the point where, like, my friend Joe took his skateboard and smacked it into somebody. Uh, It was an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. (sighs) That seems like a lot of coordinated effort to steal your skateboard. I know. And then he ended up chucking it in the creek. I was like – just give it back. Right. Like, what the... F- now no one has it. Fucking King Solomon. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. And then I fought my friend, uh, my former friend of mine on a roof because we were both drunk. Yeah. And that was an interesting experience. Like, I don't know if you've ever had to, like, not pull a punch. It's hard. It's really hard to be like, okay, I'm going to hit somebody, but I don't... I actually want to hurt them. Right. And psychologically, specifically if you know that person. Right. It's fucked up. It's really because, but it lasts exactly this long. I'll tell you, it lasts exactly one punch from the other guy. Because as soon as you get hit full force, you're like, okay, fuck you, <laughs> like something right. snaps. Anyway, yeah, I just haven't. Uh, I don't know. I, I avoid those situations. You should. I, both of the times, I was a fool. I shouldn't have lent out my skateboard, and I shouldn't have been drunk fighting my friend in the rain on a roof. <laughs> like both of those are bad. Yeah, it's good. The shit kicked out of me all the time though anyway next song is mr sheep love this a phenomenal it also has the same chord like that bum 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 which is um 
similar to a couple of the Fratelli's songs. Okay, yeah. Specifically, Chelsea Dagger, you're probably familiar with that. Do, 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 oh, do, yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're one of the more popular songs. And I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm rubbing my hands. I'm going to try and figure out how to smash these. Um, but it's a very fun song. Yeah, this is like, you know, some <laughs> either like child or, or teen or, or hoodlum, you know, who is like making fun of this business guy on the bus or whatever, going to work. And he's like calling him a sheep. He's like, oh, I bet you you have work in your briefcase, right? You Mr. Sheep, you're going to the office, <laughs> you sheep. <laughs> so generous in your read i assumed it was another full adult man oh well that's funny too yeah <laughs> like like someone who watches a little too much rick and morty like right, one right. of those types <laughs> but it's so good but it starts off and it's so mean it's yeah. so mean it goes golly mister <laughs> where you going and yeah. it's so <laughs> well because randy allows himself to like lean into his wackiest voice for this. yeah a couple of times in this one and it's very funny yeah and it's and he makes fun of him for forgetting his umbrella he's like oh wet mr sheep and at, at the end he baws at him which is <laughs> yeah. so mean it's well, so childish well i i like the second verse he's talking about like oh you got a you got a wife you got a little family like as if that's like something to be made fun of for it's like oh yeah you're just following society man you got a family um but then he says like oh maybe you have like a little girlfriend on the side right mm -hmm. and then <laughs> but then he says or maybe you don't have a girlfriend like, making fun of him for that oh you can't even cheat on your wife <laughs> you sheep weird <laughs> and it's done with this again that like bum 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 but it's like it is very childish of like yeah. it almost feels like carnival music yeah and there's some weird synth in it too it's a very strange song but it's very good and as someone who has like watched all these businessmen go to the subway in the morning i'm like yeah. you know what he's not wrong but he shouldn't say it <laughs> right uh, it's just like every leftist on Twitter is what this is. Yeah, and it's funny too because on the <laughs> the last verse, he says, "Now I don't want to be too mean," <laughs> as if as if he has. It's like a little too late for that. You know? um, but he does. Say, you know, the world is awful tough, and uh, I know I know exactly what you mean, but uh, I want you to know exactly how I feel, and the truth is, you're a fucking sheep. <laughs> bah. It's to ba at a person very weird and he's doing that fun toxing thing he does yeah. too uh that like really starts like in dark matter there's a lot of talk singing which oh, yeah. i enjoy very much from him but i can understand why people might be put off by it yeah well as he gets older you know yeah you don't have the range yeah you just don't He's playing today in um, Louisiana for their one of their music festivals. I, I did I saw that on as uh, as of this recording on May first. <laughs> yeah. So he's still going strong. He's feeling better from his neck injury. Yeah. We're all a little worried. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. So next one is okay. ghosts. Okay, this is such a weird song to be on this album yeah. because Ooh. it yeah. is really sincere. Yeah. And really sad. I listened to it right before I walked over here, 
And I cried. Oh my gosh. It's so yeah. it's this beautiful first of all, musically, it's it's you know, one of those piano ballads like a Marie or something. But mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more beautiful. I think just the the chord progression and everything is really lovely on this. And it's from the perspective of this old man, I, I assume his his wife has died and he is like feeling her ghost hanging out, you know? And so he's talking to her ghost and he's saying like, Oh no, no just stay with me for a little while. Uh, Cause you know, you've got nowhere to go. Uh, I've got nowhere to go either. And it makes me happy when, you know, when you're here with me smiling at me ghost. And then he's sort of talking about, uh, about his life and, you know, he worked his whole life and he's never made a lot of money. He's, you know, in this, one bedroom apartment and he you know he remembers going fighting in the war and everything and now he's he's here he had this whole life he looks out on the street he sees uh what he says he sees colored kids playing like you know time is moving and he's just sitting here in his apartment he's looking out and he's like oh you know i used to have my my son used to play out there too and now Mm -hmm. i can't even go outside i'm too old i've got gout and uh and and then the um, the last lines are just really sad. Mm-hmm. He says, and I just want to know, what what was it all about? I'm sorry. Yeah. And it ends with, I'm sorry. Yeah. As if, like, seemingly he doesn't have anything to apologize for, other than just, like, living his life. And, it, and it's it, so sad. It's a very sad <laughs> song. And it, I think... I understand why you said it might not exactly fit on this one. My read of it was a little bit more... <clears throat> the thing he wants to say, stay, is being young. He wants to remember that. Right. And the the hopes and dreams someone has coming back from, you know, a war. And, like, you know, you're told you can do anything. And now life has moved on. And it, he's. I feel like he's apologizing almost to himself saying, I'm sorry I didn't do what everyone told me I needed to do, which is to love money and, like, (laughs) you know, and to be successful in a very specific way. And he's kind of, like, just had what would be considered a pretty normal life. Right. And that juxtaposed between all the rest of the stuff on the album is that's the reason I think it's that way, even though, like, obviously... Right. If he had been Mr. Sheep... Exactly, right. he might have, or even it might he might be Mister Sheep after right. a few years, having like I did what everything right, but it still didn't work out. Like, right. but it, it to me it feels more like that less than a specter is hanging over. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, regardless, it did make me cry the first time. I heard, the way yeah. he says, "I'm sorry," he sings it. Oh yeah, it's just gut wrenching. There's very few things to me. Than that are sadder than, like, someone sincerely apologizing. Right. It's like, that's rough to deal with. I don't know yeah. why. It's just like, oh, feeling, hearing someone regret. Ugh, right. What a. Especially what a in weight. this kind of context where it's not like, it's not clear what he's apolog- apologizing for. It's just this full expression of, like, regret, you know? It's not like, oh, I, you know, tripped you. I'm sorry. You know, it's just like uh, existentially, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. It's yeah. uh, it's rough. Yeah. 
he Beautiful. goes on and lists a few things. Like he's like, you work all your life and you end up with nothing. You live in one room like a bum. Once I flew on a plane, and I fought in the war. We lived in a castle. I used to sleep on the floor, and now I don't want to be alone anymore. I'm sorry. It almost feels like also can that joined with the first verse of like stay with me a little while. Right. It's almost like he's caught someone at the door. Right. And he needs to talk to someone. Right. And the reason he keeps saying I'm sorry is like I know I'm I'm keeping you. Right. 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 But I need to talk to someone, and like it's very much reminiscent of like. I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately. Okay. And it's a very Grandpa Simpson thing to do. It's like, you know, sit, let's sit down and talk about what I did. I'm, I know I'm an inconvenience to you, <laughs> youngins, but I need to get this off my chest. Right. Maybe a less funny version is, have you seen David Lynch's uh, Straight Story? I, I actually have not. There's a scene where the lead character meets up with another veteran, and they're, they're swapping war stories, and it's just gut-wrenching because there's none of that like verb of a like yeah you know we survived world war ii it's like yeah i remember killing somebody <laughs> right yeah and you're like oh, <laughs> oh man this this oh, this movie from disney oh i tell you right right but yeah it's a sad song it's beautiful <clears throat> yeah and then it's followed by oh. the funniest one of my favorites off of this son of a bitch, because um, it's got that ragtime feel. It's got a blues rhythm. Right. Oh, they they just got married. What a! I'm tempted to say we should read the entirety of this song okay, because yeah, it's kind of short, and I just think it gets the point across. Um, There's one line that I will I want to highlight, but please, please yeah, read yeah, it. yeah. Okay, so. Um, Here's an old, old story about a man and a woman gone off to California because they got married. All their friends in Boston are so very happy. They're dancing in the doorways because their friends just got married. He gets a job. He's working in a car wash up in Santa Cruz. She gets a job teaching at a nursery school. Oh, she's so nice. What's going to happen to him? I love that. (laughs) That's so funny. The narrator's like, what's going to (laughs) happen? Um, Soon they have this little white-haired baby. He looks just like his daddy, and they're all real happy couple of years go by she goes to see the doctor it's just a regular checkup plus she thinks she might be pregnant the way he sings that is yeah. so funny because he goes plus she thinks she might be pregnant yeah. it's very uh but then right away mm-hmm. and it's so it's so funny because it it doesn't it's the start of a new stanza but it's like the way it's sung is sort of just like so thrown off he says anyway she dies <laughs> She dies, and he moves down to Los Angeles, meets a foolish young girl with lots of money. Now they're getting married. And then that's the end of the song. No details on how or why she died. She just dies. And then he gets remarried to some rich girl in L.A. And I'm sorry, I'm It's money that I love, you know? Yeah. There's one word that when I heard it for the first time, I, I, I had a reaction similar to this. And it's the word anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yada yada yada. She died. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good song. It's probably my favorite off the album because yeah. it has that like blues it's feel very, and it's right, very funny. It's, it's, it's structured like, oh, this is a blues song. I'm telling this old story or whatever, uh, right? But then it's just like, ah, she died. He got remarried. Whatever. <laughs> done. Done and done. Oh, that's so good. Uh, now, the next one is the most glaring, weird track in my mind. <laughs> yeah. 
it's called Spies, and I can't get through the whole track. I got through it once, and then I can't bring myself to, like, continue listening to it every time it comes up. It's not bad. It's just, like, what is happening? Yeah, so, so first of all, musically, it's got this really, like... Like the kind, yeah, it's it's the kind of like song you would hear and like, oh, it's this like spy TV show uh-huh. or like a like a Law and Order. It's very like this kind of sexy like bass bass left hand piano thing, um, and he's talking about spies and it's just to me it it's sort of just like the paranoia of like the you know Cold War era, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the first verse and chorus he's talking about like, oh, this like woman from japan she was sent over to like make sailors fall in love with her but she's a spy you know Mm -hmm. and then the um uh the second verse is like about oh this fat russian guy he he moves to new mexico and pretends to be a cowboy but he's a spy you know (laughs) it's so weird and then and then there's like that final verse where he says like if you love this country and i hope you do (laughs) then listen closely what i have to say to you they're in the shipyard they're in the factory and they might just look, might look just like you. They might look just like me, but they're spies. <laughs> you know, I think it's just like making fun of that kind of paranoia. For sure. And, and the, the last line uh-huh. is very funny. It is very good. Cause it says spies everywhere you go, see them spies. They even got them in Chicago. <laughs> and that's how the song ends. It's a very like thematic. I, I, <laughs> Like it's almost, I agree, it's annoying to listen to, but it is funny. I think. Yes, I think it's very funny. It's just annoying to listen to. Because it's also like, again, like wh- why is this one here? Like, what right. happened to lead us to this, Randy? Randall, what, what are you doing? But yeah, it's like, I guess it's got that spies, and then here's a chorus of women going, spies! Right. It's so <laughs> and the thing I think of is Mad Magazine. Oh, yeah. Spy versus Spy. Right. Which I think is also a very similar reaction of like, hey, remember... Uh, right. right. Turn into Norm MacDonald there for a second. Hey, you remember... Uh, oh, rest in peace. Uh, rip to a real one. Girls in My Life Part 1 is the next track. I think this is also so funny. It is a very good... Um, in the one of the documentaries I watched about Randy, I think it's called Unfortunately I Am Randy Newman. He talks about this of one of like... Well, all my songs are about losers. And sometimes people, there's a line in here that's like, I met this girl and we had a real nice conversation. Right. And he goes, sometimes an audience won't get that that's like all it is. Right. They think it's like an innuendo. Like, oh yeah, we had a nice conversation. But it's not. But it's It's not. (laughs) My favorite part. Okay. We should probably just go line by line, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is about a guy who's sort of bragging about his like, conquests his, yeah. his sexual pursuits or his dealings with women mm-hmm. except he doesn't have any yeah he's a he's a fucking <laughs> schmendrick and he doesn't know what he's doing <sighs> so, so the, right the first the first girl he describes um which he describes as a little girl yeah about five foot two with the cutest little feet <laughs> is this him trying to make up for short people um uh, maybe Made my heart go tweet, tweet, tweet. Quite a pleasant disposition. Right. And now, if we just stay there, again, he says nothing about, like, oh, and I had this torrid mm-hmm. affair with her. It's just some girl. Maybe he just barely knew her. Like, there's no... 
can I tell you? I also feel like with the like this the was a little girl. I almost feel like it's when he was a young kid right, too, and right, they're both right. like little kids. I think so. And he's like, Ugh, you I know. think so because there's later a line about um, uh, him being with his parents, <clears throat> and then later, uh, you know, he goes to college. So I yeah. think we're sort of progressing. I think I think you're right. He's a child. Yeah, he's talking about like, oh yeah, I like like. I had this girlfriend when I was in uh, fifth grade, mm. except, well, so I, I asked her out via, remember you made, you used to make like those like paper footballs or something? Did you guys? I, I know what you're talking about. Like a little folded. Uh, yeah. I didn't um, experience that till high school cause I was homeschooled. Okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, but so I, and I, thus an illiterate. <laughs> so I, I asked this girl out via one of those uh-huh. um, little footballs. She said yes, and then we proceeded to never speak to each other. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's what this might be. Like, oh, yeah, there's this girl in my class, and we were, like, going out. But they weren't. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, but so then he talks about this pretty young French girl mm. who he met on Las Vegas when he was there with his parents. <laughs> Which I love. Whom I met. Whom I met in Las Vegas. When I was there with my parents. Had a real nice conversation. Right. And again, just... Like, um, you know, in Billy Madison. No, I've never seen the film. Oh, my gosh. But describe the scene anyway. Okay, so Chris Farley plays a bus driver. Okay. And the whole time he's like, oh, that Veronica Vaughn, you know, her and I, we blah, blah, blah. And, and Adam Sandler's character is like, no, you didn't. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, but you can imagine what it'd be like <laughs> if I did. <laughs> Right? Sure, it's sure, like, sure, sure. It's like that. I was like, we had a nice conversation. Oh, you mean you slept together? No, I mean, we... Uh, we had a nice, we had conversation. A nice conversation, though. <laughs> the next one is my favorite, which is met a girl at the bakery. She wanted to buy, borrow my car from me. I said, take it, baby. She went down to Mexico, <laughs> ran over a man named Juan. <laughs> then I went to college. <laughs> are stupid enough to give a car away right. schmuck and then also <laughs> for her to go to mexico illegal to right. kill a man to kill right. like she needed to borrow a car to kill someone she hated yeah. and you just let that happen yeah and he lists that as one of his accomplishments <laughs> with women <laughs> chef's kiss so good and then he goes to college he meets this girl who lives in a sorority house across from the school we got a real fine education again not an innuendo just like hey, yeah we went to college and he says that's seven women on my mind which i think he's talking about like all of the women in the sorority house right it's like that was seven women i was thinking about again not that he slept with any of them but it's like they were there <sighs> and he goes now i'm married a very lovely wife three cute little boys so nice and that's just the story of half the girls in my life so good so good is there a part two i don't know that's Which what's is funny genius right because it's like oh yeah i i have so many women i gotta this is just part one <laughs> you just it... wait buddy you wait till you hear these other stories <laughs> so good uh then we get uh, uh uh half a man which is like <sighs> look it was a different time it was it's problematic now but it's also weirdly Transpositive in a it way, it's, but it's just again the it language. Uses some language, and and it's a, it's it's very much like, in a way, at the time, it's probably seen as very progressive. This like, 
cis straight guy writing this song about mm-hmm. this but like yeah maybe like if it were coming from a queer person it'd be written a little differently <laughs> yes i think that is a good way of putting it but the general consensus is that uh he finds what seems to be a, a trans sex worker right. and is upset at first and then talks to them and goes, oh, wow, that's actually not so bad. And then like, oh, wait, oh, no. I feel oh, this no. way. <laughs> right. And I think that's actually kind of wonderful, like in a weird way of like that fear you have a lot of the time is a reflection of you not allowing yourself right. to feel things fully, whether it's this issue, you know, being gay or even just like getting upset at people who like certain things as well i know there's a lot of that right or also if you see a happy person and if that makes you angry it's probably because you're not letting yourself be happy right yeah so yeah this is very much like you know was was going to be a gay bashing and then turned out into the gay basher realizing things about himself yeah um, the last line is very funny, though, which is, oh, Lord, what a drag. Oh. <laughs> very fun. <laughs> yes. You know. Little pun. Little pun to end it on so you know that it's not too serious. Yeah. Um, and, and again, like, I, I think if a, a queer or trans person were writing this song today, they might not use the phrase half a man. Probably um. not. <laughs> Just hazarding a guess here. Right. Um, but again, I think it's coming from a good place. I think it is. Um, and again, you're, you, when you brought up the album entirely, it's an you know, explanation of like toxic masculinity. And I think this is one of the things that he's like, right. hey, you know, have empathy for people and then yeah. calm down. But you know, what's a, another thing, just um, a, a bigger picture about the album, mm-hmm. and this was true with Little Criminals too, is... is he his stories are becoming these are more like urban stories you know we oh were, yeah yeah um previously it was a lot of like rural people that he was writing these songs about and now we're getting these sort of like urban and in this case like a lot of like wealthier urban people because even yeah. on little criminals it was still like a lot of like focused on on poor working class people mm-hmm. um and then this album is really shifting uh what he's singing about who he's singing about you know? yeah yeah um a lot of like a lot of mentions of california in this one yeah not so much birmingham right you know? i mean there's birmingham, birmingham. but, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so the next track william brown i find to be a little weird too in the sense that i don't yeah i don't know exactly what he's trying to tell us yeah i don't I'm trying to remember how this one goes. It's one that, like, I kind of just blank out, I'll be it's, honest. Yeah, it's it's a little forgettable. It's another kind of slower one. It's It feels very much like a sort of, you know, just portraiture mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so uh, just on the surface, it's talking about a guy who was like a tobacco, you know, plantation owner or like whatever. He, mm-hmm. he owned tobacco in North Carolina. He sold his land. He uh, went out to Omaha, kind of liked it, and started a new life there. And, like, that's really, like, on the surface, that's all that happens in the song. What I'm tempted to say it's trying to say is a little bit about this kind of, like, class thing, right? Where, like, okay, this is, like, a rich guy 
who own these tobacco fields in North Carolina, he's able to sell them, move wherever he wants, and start mm-hmm. a whole new life. He talks about, like, oh, I'm going to set up this business that'll run itself. I don't yeah. have to do anything. I'm going to bring my family out here, build this nice house on the river or whatever. Um, whereas, like, implicitly, like, he doesn't speak about this at all in the song, but implicitly it's sort of commenting, like, other people in North Carolina maybe like the people who worked on his farm, <laughs> they certainly couldn't mo- move to Omaha just cause they wanted to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's maybe some of that going on, but it's really like subtextual. There's nothing in the song really. Yeah. I agree. And I have nothing to really add okay. except for the next track is the funniest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my fucking life. Okay, next we finish off strong on this album. We do waiting for the helicopter. Who do you think they're after? I hope not me. I hope not. I thought we got our way with that. <laughs> Can you imagine committing a bunch of crimes and then writing songs about it? And as I say that, I'm like, that's just rap music. So this next track <laughs> is very good. It's called Pants. Automatically a fun word, a funny word, yeah. funny thing to think about. What are those little guys? Why are they on our bodies? It's <laughs> silly. It's fun. But basically, it seems to be like a send-up of horny like late 70s early 80s like almost hair metal getting into that kind of area you know what i've heard that style of music referred to and i Mm. i want to be clear that this is not my coinage this is Mm. this is something that gets used uh contemporaneously at the time and by music journalists and in some uh, academic texts that i've read referring to this kind of music as cock rock you know, your, yes. your Led Zeppelins, your yes. Rod Stewart's, the sort of arena, like, sexual, mm-hmm. manly, like, rock and roll, baby. Yeah. A lot of tight pants. Who are those for? <laughs> yeah. They're certainly not for women. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah, is, for sure. This is like the singer of one of those bands just saying, going to take off my pants. Going to take off my pants. And you can't stop me. Your mama can't stop me. Your papa can't. The police can't stop me. No I'm going to take off my pants. <laughs> My favorite is your teachers can't stop me. Your priest can't stop me. The fireman can't stop me. The president can't stop me. And then it ends with, will you take off my pants? And that's how he sings it. He goes, will you take off my pants? It is the funniest thing. Cackling every time. So good. It's so fucking stupid. (laughs) And it is... Because that is exactly what those songs sound right. like. Yeah. Oh, it's too funny. Strong fit, strong beginning, strong end. Yeah. He knows how to do that. I think um, <clears throat> musically, in, in one of like the instrumental sections of this song, after he's like, uh-huh. talking about the, the president can't stop me or whatever, um, it goes into this kind of instrumental thing. And it's it repeats the motif from the story of the rock and roll band. Yes, it does. And so it's sort of like tying those two things, which ELO isn't really like this kind of band, but I think it's still like, it's this very showy, bombastic, Mm, mm -hmm. you know, high production value with all these like, you know, spaceships and laser lights and whatever, you know? And so he, I think he's sort of tying them together like that, but yeah, it's so funny. It It feels like, like a spinal tap song. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It also feels like something a 18-year-old would write sincerely. 
Does that make sense? It again, also just the word pants is very so funny. funny. Yeah. Just because it's got that plofit, like it. Yeah. Ugh, it's so good, and it's so. When Randy, like, sings sexually in quotation marks, right, right, it's right. very funny because he knows that he's not like a sexual right. person. He at one point refers to him as a froggish man to himself. <laughs> yeah. He knows what's going on. So when he's like. Will you take off my pants? <laughs> it's like juvenile. Right. It's silly. It's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> You've seen um School of Rock? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, so the band that like uh, Jack Black leaves mm-hmm. and it gets replaced by that guy named Snake or whatever. Yeah. That's like. Yeah. That's the kind. This is the kind of song that they would sing. You know? <laughs> for sure. Now I want to hear Jack Black cover pants. Oh, so good. Ugh. If I can convince him. I will if I can track him down. Yeah, yeah, just hit him up. Be like, hey man, we got to do this thing. He would be great. I'm sure he loves Randy Newman. He's got to. He's gotta. Jack, if you're out there, Jackie boy, give us a call. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I would like that. See, here's the tricky thing, and like, I know people who know him, and I'm like, can I? Why would I use that favor for this? Is the question. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. This must mean a lot to you. I don't know. <laughs> so I was going to say, what do you rate the album? We don't do that on this program. We don't. I mean, we could. Well, like, what do you... Th- I mean, last time I was like, what's your favorite so far? Is it still Sail Away? I think probably, yeah. Okay. Certainly not this one. It's not this one, but I will say, I, I, think, I think I enjoy it more than you do. Going through the songs now... Right. I like them a lot. What I think it is is this. I, I've listened to this album back to back about five times, maybe right. six. And I think I just can't do that ever again. Right. And this is, I'll also say, when m- it's Money That I Love starts playing, I yeah. lose my mind. I, like, start dancing. It's, it's great. so good. Same with, um, and uh, they got married. I'm oh, like, yeah. I literally, I just, ear to ear, I was smiling listening to the thing. It's so good. It's right up my alley. And then pants, obviously. So it's like. I think if yeah. we could just take off Pretty Boy and or Spies. I think it'd be great. Yeah. I think those are the two weakest links, and they do come in it the middle. It just drags it down. It does. But overall, fun. Again, I think it's one of his funniest albums. Yeah. It's like clearly going for being funny in a way that like good old boys is like snide, but not, but Marie's still on it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So. Yeah. I think it's... um. What's his name? Go ahead. I think it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. And now you know. Now we're entering the eighties. Yeah, we are. And um, who knows what that will bring us? Um, I'll tell you. The first thing it'll bring us is uh, Trouble in Paradise. Yeah, I love L.A. I love L.A. It's a great. It's a. Ugh. He has so many songs that are just titles. The titles are just cities. Yeah, and there's a couple of good ones in this one. Um, also, we have to make a decision. Not necessarily now. There's also before that is Ragtime, the soundtrack. Are we gonna even bother with that? I don't know what that would bring us. Right, right. I don't think it'd bring me any joy, unless it's something like you know Toy Story. Right. Where we should like probably talk about it. I'm still. <sighs> the one thing I want to say about Ragtime mm. is that. Um, I have a distant relative, maybe a fifth cousin or something, mm-hmm. fourth cousin, third removed. I don't know how, how it works. 
um, also named Scott Interante, oh. who is a magician. Uh-huh. And as a 18-ish year old, was cast in the Ragtime movie to recreate Harry Houdini stunts. Oh. I've never met this man. Um, everything I know about him, he seems like kind of an asshole. Definitely. <laughs> and definitely he's a ma- magician, Trump. you say? And he's, <laughs> he's a magician. This is true. I, I've talked about this before on like TikTok and stuff, but this is totally true. I'm going to pull up his Wikipedia, mm-hmm. and I hope it's still there because it's so funny this line that someone added to his Wikipedia that has not um, been taken off. Oh no. Someone took it off. It's gone. It used to say just like in his bio, um, I booked, (laughs) I booked Scott Durante for a party and he canceled without warning because of the rain. Never hire him. (laughs) That was just like on it for years. That was on his Wikipedia page. And, and you talked about it on TikTok, and then he saw it because of I TikTok. I think it must have, yeah. But that's so funny. Putting a putting a Yelp review in, in a, someone's <laughs> TikTok, in their Wikipedia bio? Oh, it's so, so good. good. Uh, I mean, he's also, like, I, I want to just acknowledge, though, in a moment, he's done a lot of movie soundtracks. Far yeah. more than just, like, the Disney stuff. And... Like he did it for Meet the Fockers, Leatherheads. Yeah. Like it's, it's Marriage he, Story recently, which is a great mm-hmm. score. Yeah, Awakenings, which is one of my favorite films with um, Robert De Niro and Robin Williams. Um, it's not my favorite with those two in it because they were only in the one together. No, they were also in, I believe, Big Wedding together, which is unfortunate. That feels feels right. It does feel right. And that was the career point for both of them, where they were both in Big Wedding starring Topher Grace. Um, in any event, we got Trouble in Paradise next. With um, the most Randy has ever looked like me in the uh, <laughs> in the album cover. Yeah. Um, so you can be found at Indorande Scott on Twitter and TikTok. That's true. And you could check out my podcast. This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I talk about short people. It's the first episode. Episode one, baby. Yeah, I got um, on the ground floor. Yeah, and uh, you can find that on social media. Great song pod, gr number eight song pod, or you know, find the podcast. Whatever. <laughs> whatever you figure it out. You figure it out. Uh, you can find me wherever fine Tristans are sold. Um, you probably know who I am if you're listening to this, and if you don't, thank you. What? I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Tristan J. Miller one. Maybe not that one anymore. We'll see if Twitter's around by the time this comes out. <laughs> Fucking. Anyway. Spies. <laughs>